Welcome to Five Hole Fantasy Hockey. We're your hosts today, TJ Branson and Zach Vogel. Hey, hey, hey. Today we got Ken Bolke from Sinbin Vegas, and we're going to be picking his brain about the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And Ken was cool enough. He's like, dude, our, our podcasts usually go for two hours. Uh, so he's totally cool with us going longer than like our 20-minute kind of uh, like what we've benchmarked as our interview thing. So this is going to be a standalone episode, and we're just going to be hanging out with That's Ken here. That's a bad thing to tell TJ. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, we can just talk, man. Oh, oh, re- oh really? <laughs> What's your favorite movie? We're going to see how it's going to go. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot that I'm curious about Vegas here, and um, their prospects are super interesting. We own Peyton Krebs in our dynasty, and I'd like to see— Super excited. Super yeah. Super excited. And they're, they're a fun one. I mean, they got you know Robin Leonard, probably the best— goalie tandem in the league and and they're uh, i think they're tops in the pacific division i think that's correct so just their chances of this round robin thing there's going to be a lot of hockey there's going to be a lot of fantasy hockey implications it's going to be a good conversation that's what i'm that's what i'm hoping for here all right so i'm gonna go ahead and invite ken ken what's up buddy hello hey how are you hey what's going on not so much. Happy to have you here. Let's start off by saying that much. How are you tonight, man? Pretty good. How are you doing? Doing all right. On my second gin of lemonade, so I'm 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 fucking feeling it. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to rock. We were singing. Well, who, I don't even know who sings that song, Zach, but I'm, I want to rock. Whatever that song is from the eighties. Um. Yeah, it, it could be anybody from the eighties, right? Is it? Oh, I have no, no clue. I want to rock. <laughs> But anyway, guys, all right, we are joined with Ken Bolke from Sinbin Vegas. Uh, you run or contribute to that. And I know you guys got your own podcast, but I was listening to you guys feed online just via the link. I followed it in one of your guys' Twitters there. If there's anything else you're working on, Ken, feel free to plug away, dude. Oh, I, I don't. We have nothing to plug away. There's nothing going on. What am I supposed to plug? There's no hockey. There's no well, hockey. I mean, what's hockey on the horizon, I guess, but I don't know. You know, I, I know you got the podcast, you guys got the website and everything like that, but all right. So a little bit about us. I'm TJ across the way is Zach and we run this fantasy hockey podcast. So what we're looking to do is just kind of, I guess, projections for next year. We want to see if we can't get some idea of what to expect going into next year, that sort of thing. So let's start off from the top, man, Vegas, top of the Pacific division. How do you like your chances with this playoff structure? It's, it's fucking bizarre. Uh, yeah, it's a little odd, but uh, I think it worked out all right for Vegas. They were they were would have been a little bit better, I think, had they won the Pacific Division and then had to play two Pacific teams in a row. But round robin, you get your automatic chance in. They got a chance to be first in the division. I don't or in the conference. I don't think it's bad. I don't I don't think it's necessarily awesome because I think you're going to have a bit of a challenge playing semi competitive games and then all of a sudden having to play against teams that are playing competitive games, but. 
all in all, I think it worked out pretty well. And it, it's, it's, but it's a crapshoot. Who knows how these guys are going to look when they come back out of this? Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you think this round robin is really not going to be that competitive? Do you think it's going to be soft like the all star game? Or do you really see this as a disadvantage to people that are playing like the play in series? Do you see it as a true disadvantage? I don't well, certainly wouldn't go as far as it being like the all star game. But yeah, if you, watch, right, yeah. if you watch like international tournaments, specifically like the IIHF world tournament, it reminds me a lot of that one where there'll be a group where it'll say have Canada, the U S and Sweden, and all three of them know they're going through. They know that wherever they fall, they're going to have to beat each other again down the road. So those games don't really make a huge difference. So it's really more about a feeling out process about how you want to set your lines up, which kind of goalies you want to use. I wouldn't say they're not going to be competitive, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near what the other series are going to be where that is you sat out for four months and now you're playing a five game series. And if yeah. you don't win, you're sitting out for another four months. It's not going to be like that in those games. I mean, you're going to see teams messing around with all sorts of different things, but they're going to be trying to win while they're doing it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I personally think that Vegas has a, those two goalies, man. Those oh my God. You got, you got Leonard and flurry going into the playoffs. <laughs> like it just seems like they're ready for, they're ready for anything. Yeah, I think they're in good shape. I, I'm, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what it is about the goalie thing. I'm just not as wrapped up in it as most people seem to be. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but you only get to play one of them, right? Yeah. So if you only get to play one of them, is Flurry that much better than Binnington or Bishop or you know whoever Colorado decides to go with? You know, I don't think they're that much better. I mean, I think they're good, and I think if one struggles, they got a backup option that helps. But if one struggles, you're toast anyway. So. I, yes, it helps. Yes, it's nice to have, but I'd rather have Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. So I got I got two questions here. So if if you were the coach, who would you put in game one, and who do you think is going to be in for game one? Game one of round robin or game one of the actual playoffs? Uh, let's go for both. So game one of the round robin, I'd probably start with Flurry. Hmm. And it'd be his net to lose. Okay. And if he comes out and plays great, it's his net to lose. But my leash would be pretty click quick on him because he did not have the best season of his life this year. Leonard was a lot better when, when they were both on the team. I'd be pretty quick to move him, but it's Flurry's goal. And then if, if, if it's me, the way the round robin goes, I'm probably giving Leonard one of the games, but it's probably Flurry's goal for the beginning of both playoff, both the round robin and the playoff series, unless he completely shits the bed. Yeah. All right, man. I want to start off with new head coach Peter DeBoer. Uh, what have you noticed as major differences under DeBoer versus Gerard Gallant? Uh, there's not a lot. I think the biggest difference you'd see is probably in the way they kill penalties. They're way more aggressive uh, defensively trying to kill penalties. And I think that can be a good thing and can be a bad thing. I don't really necessarily think it's going to make a huge difference. They're going to be about an 80% penalty kill team either way. So that's the biggest difference. As far as the, the only real other difference we've seen is they seem to be a little bit more reliant on their high-end offensive defensemen, which would be... Theodore and and then you can make an argument for Schmidt but mostly Theodore he gets a lot more offensive zone shifts he gets a lot more time on the power play he basically double shifts all power plays at this point uh, they're going to utilize him and lean on him a lot more to get some points so when you're talking fantasy he certainly becomes a much better option under DeBoer than he was under Gallant 
But is he really, is Shea Theodore really a viable top power play guy? I, I, I feel like yes. they'd be better in the market for like a Petrangelo. I, well, that would be I, great, I but I don't, but I no, just don't see ahead. Shea Theodore as that kind of player. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't agree. In a, second, in a second power play unit role. No, I think um, he's future Norris Trophy winner. Ooh. Uh, he's that good. He's legitimately a, he's a stud and granted he's 22, whatever, 23 years old. He's got a long way to go. He's probably played 200 NHL games. So he's got plenty of time to get better. This guy has taken massive steps over the past three years. And I think DeBoer is going to make him even better. Maybe he doesn't ever get over the hump and actually win the Norris trophy, but he'll be in the conversation. And he, I bet you he gets votes for this one. He needs to score to win the Norris trophy. That's all I know. Look at the numbers since they got DeBoer. He's been phenomenal. Point of game, I think. Well, I mean, that that's like a that perfectly goes into kind of what what has been DeBoer doing differently, you know what I mean? So so I'll I'll, I'll give you that. And all things can like all things fair, Ken, is we're pretty far outside that bubble. We're both Flyers <laughs> fans, so it's not like we're really like we don't pay as close attention to the Vegas Golden Knights as you do, and I think that's like, you know, saying as least as I can, you know. Well, I'll just put it this way. That for, for two years, Nate Schmidt was without question the best defenseman on the team, and he was like the heartbeat of their defense. If he had a poor game, they were going to lose. That's changed to Theodore inside of this season. If he has a good offensive game, you're not beating the Golden Knights. Like It's that simple. And I'm talking any team. But he's still young, and there are still times where he gets put in situations specifically in his own end that he just gets overwhelmed, and it's happening less frequently than it had in the past, and again, I think DeBoer leaning on him with more ice time, he's getting even more comfortable out there, he's going to get even better, but I, I, I think that he's going to be a guy that in the future you're going to start to think, like, this is a legitimate superstar. That being said, if Alec Petrangelo is available he should be on the Golden Knights next year. Like, there's no argument there. So us being Philly fans, Zach and I are always, I, it was like kind of one of my hot takes going into last year that Gostas Bear would wind up on the Vegas Golden Knights. Do you think that, and I mean, hearing your tone and everything and kind of reading the context here, it sounds like the answer is going to be no, but do you think they are like one big signing Gostas Bear, Petrangelo, Krug away from Shea Theodore being relegated to that second unit? It would have to be, like, I don't think it would be Gostas Bear, but I think if it's Petrangelo, maybe, mm. But even then, I, I still think Shea is going to be a better first power play option for you. I don't think there's any, like, I don't know what else you could want out of that guy. He skates <laughs> like the wind. He's as good as you can do uh, entering. Like, he's phenomenal with the puck on the power play. He's great at the blue line, keeping pucks in. He, every once in a while, he gets a little power play defenseman going back. You know, you know how that goes. They, there's a, there's a turnover. And they're like, ah, somebody else will get him. Nah. Like that happens, but that happens to everybody. But no, I don't. I mean, that being said, I think Gostas Bear would fit great on the Golden Knights. I think they're one offensive defenseman away from being the best team in hockey. Yes. And I still think at the deadline, <laughs> that was a mistake. Like I, I will stand by that was an absolute mistake. They came up one short. Eric Gustafson should be on the Golden Knights. Hmm. That would have been an interesting. So do you thing. think that that's like a spot that Nicholas Hegg could fill? No, no, no. Can't skate. Uh, okay, so staying with Shea Theodore, where do you kind of see his offensive ceiling? Mm, 70 points. Not bad. Yeah. 
<laughs> that is well within our realm of of interest. Uh, uh, okay, so let's move on to roster construction, man. And I, I guess like going into the playoffs, I would imagine that it's it's not the time to tinker. You don't really want to mess with any chemistry that's already established, and you really want to go with like tried and true. So maybe next year, do you see him mixing up maybe the top six, and who would you see as the center for for patches and stone? Probably Carlson. I mean, I think that DeBoer is going to lean on going with his best guy. And unless they were to come across some sort of bargain bin center that becomes available, I don't see anybody going to be better than William Carlson in the near future. Uh, obviously, they went for years. They had Marcia So Stone and Carlson together, and that worked great. But over the last year and a half, that kind of dipped down. And with Mark Stone, like to me, to have Mark Stone and William Carlson on the same line, like, it's dominant. It's it's unbelievable defensively, and it can be dominant offensively. You put him with a shooter, whether that is Pacioretty or or Marsha. So, granted, you'd rather have Pacioretty. He plays the left. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably going to be a plan moving forward. The question is, what do they do with the second line? Are they eventually going to break up Marsha So and Smith? I think Tuck needs to find his way into that role at some point. Like. Otherwise, if he's playing third line minutes, he's not going to ever get to what he should be able to get to. And he's never going to live up to the four and a half million dollar contract that he's on. So eventually they're going to have to find a way. And unfortunately, because I love the guy, I think Marshall is the guy that's eventually going to be the, on the way out. How's uh, how's Tuck doing, man? I know he was what was he, he was like week to week in mid February yeah. and came back yeah. hit a speed bump. Is there any progression there? I, I still conspiracy theory hat on. I don't think that was real. The speed bump. I think they were over the salary cap and they couldn't bring them off long-term IR. So they were just going to hold them out until right uh, at the end when they could chuck somebody else on long-term IR right before the playoffs. And then you just throw your hands up and say, well, we no salary cap anymore. <laughs> he was fine. I, I, he, he just had such an unfortunate season. It was injured at the beginning of the season. And then they put him next to Cody Eakin, who, I swear to God, if you put Wayne Gretzky next to Cody Eakin, he wouldn't be able to score. <laughs> like, and then he, you know, he gets hurt again. He comes back. He's finally in a good situation. And then he, you know, it just, it just never seemed to click for him for whatever reason this year. They played him out of position a lot. He was playing on the left when he should never be playing on the left. Kept getting hurt. And it, you know, it just wasn't a good season for him. But watch out. If, if, if they, if, if they give him a chance here and maybe he does fit with Stevenson, whether it be Cousins or Wah. That line can be dangerous, and they're going to make some noise in some playoff series because that's the that's the matchup that's going to help them win games. While we're talking about kind of like moving players around and where you kind of see people ending up, what about like a player like Cody Glass? He he had like a super hot kind of flavor of the month kind of thing uh, going on last yeah. year. Yeah, I'm about as low on Cody Glass as I think as you'll find of anybody, and that's not to say that I think Cody Glass is like. And I, I just I don't think he's bad. I just think when you have the sixth overall pick and it's the first pick in franchise history, you need to pick someone who's going to be a top six guaranteed player. And I just don't think he is. I think he's a high end defensive center. I think he's got some vision and some ability to, you know, make some plays on a power play. But I just don't see him as anything more than maybe a half point a game guy. And for me, that's not a sixth overall pick. That's not a franchise player. That's not the type of guy that's going to change the way the organization is, is, uh, is constructed. So do I think he's on the roster for the future? Yeah, sure. But 
is he a guy that I think's you know you know going to be popping out when you're watching Golden Knights games? Not really, unless you're really digging into his defensive effort because he's terrific going back. No, I'm loving this. This is like a, a devil's advocate that we it, it's it's so rare to find when it comes to Cody Glass because everybody is you know pumping know, his tires and stuff. They love him. So, so I know. My, my my next question, I guess, as far as Glass goes, is that kind of like the end all be all for for Glass or? Is it more or, the less, more or less that he doesn't fit into the Golden Knight system as well as maybe he would fit into kind of even, say, like an Islanders? Oh, yeah, he'd be re- I mean, yeah, he'd be super <laughs> interesting on that team. I mean, I don't, you, nobody gets points on that team, though. So I, I guess it depends on what you want Cody Glass to be. Like, do I think Cody Glass could have him, a little— I want Cody Glass to be Cody Glass. I want him, I want him to— You want junior Cody Glass? I want him to be in a system that fits his style of play, and I don't know if the Vegas system does that. Like, what, what what does that mean? Like, you want him to have 70 points a season, or, or yeah. like you want him to be uh, uh, 2C no, he on a good team? Like, uh, he doesn't play as much of, like, a physical game as the rest of the team. It feels like sometimes he's an afterthought on that team. And he's like, he's just not good enough. That's why I think he's an afterthought. Like, hmm. There's there's thirteen yeah there's thirteen <laughs> forwards Fair better than enough. him that yeah that's what that and then the thing for me is like and, and it frustrates me because I don't understand what everyone sees with this guy and the, the problem is I love the kid he's the nicest kid in the world I love talking to him like he's awesome and I hope he scores hundred points one season I just don't know why every scout every GM everybody is like this guy's a one center like no he's not. And he's certainly not on this team. See, but I will say I like the way that he that he handles the puck. I think yeah, on the puck he's solid. Sure, maybe. Do you think a move to wing would help him? I guess no, with, no, 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 no. Yeah, no he was terrible. He was so good. Yeah, oh, he's just so good defensively. Yeah, yeah. He's, so, he's he and he and he moves. He's his defensive instincts are really good. So especially in his own end, the center is basically the one who's going to take away any cross ice stuff. And he's awesome at that. And he's got a really good stick. He's very good you know, stick lifting guys from behind and taking the puck off of them that way. I just, he doesn't really seem to drive play. And for me on good teams, your second line center drives play. And maybe it's because he's 20 and he's not strong enough. Maybe he gets better, but They've been saying this for three years that this guy is going to come in and be an instant difference maker. And he's he's the 14th best forward on this team right now. Mm. Like Nick Watt is much better than Cody Glass right now. So would you say a trade is probably the best course of action here? Like armchair GM straight up. If it's me. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, if it's me, yeah, I probably would have done it instead of Eric Branstrom. And granted, look at what Eric Branstrom has become very little to nothing to this point. But you send a guy to Ottawa, and no shit, he sucks now. <laughs> but uh, I, they're not going to trade him. Let me put it that way. Like they love Cody Glass. He yeah. is exactly what Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee look for in a center. He's yeah, everything figure. they want. Yeah, he's he's supposed to be Paul Stastny. But you figure with that number one, like the first pick in Vegas history, he's yep. he, like <laughs> trading him away has got to look really bad. Well, especially when they traded the other two, they oh, had boy. three in the first fifteen that season, and two of them are gone. Oh man, that yeah, that would not look good. All right, let's. Uh, I want to touch on the goalies now, man, and just straight up, 
holy fuck, like the, the tandem <laughs> you guys have is, it's gotta be the best in the league right up there with like, you know, Dallas and, and Boston. What do you feel the chances are of Leonard resigning? Um, so for well, just well, from looking, it looks like you guys got 10.5 going yeah, into next year with you guys signed nobody like the, yeah. your, your UFAs, Leonard Reeves, Nosick, Merrill, Engeland, uh, the RFAs, Stevenson and Cousins. So like, I, I think that like half of that would have to go to Leonard at least, at least, at least. Yeah. I think, I think he's pushing, he's looking at five or six would be yeah. my guess. And to me, it doesn't make sense to keep both of them. So you're going to have to make your decision. So when you ask, do they re-sign Leonard? I don't really have an answer for that. I don't know. I think they might. But I, what I will tell you is I don't think they're going to keep both of them. I just don't think it makes sense to allocate $13 million to two goalies, especially considering half the season or half the games, one of them can't play. Every game, one of them can't play. And then you come down to the playoffs and you don't really want $7 million on your bench. Like You don't win Stanley Cups with $7 million on your bench. doesn't happen. So to me, doesn't really make a lot of sense. I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think he actually fits what they look for in players. I think he was a straight rental, and I think they're going to try and hope that he helps them win the Stanley Cup, and then he's just going to walk and go take a good deal somewhere else. My guess is he would not. That being said, if he rips it up and Flurry is bad, hmm. they may make the decision, let's move on from Flurry one year before we should. I don't know that I see Flurry being bad, but he is 35 years old, and there is no getting around that. So Leonard's here's kind of – yeah, no doubt. I mean, for the future, Leonard's a better option. He's, he's coming. Yeah. He's going to be coming into his prime. Yeah, Leonard's a better option. The, the, the problem is Flurry is such a huge part of what the Golden Knights are and have been, and they signed him to that long-term deal a couple of years ago that's ex- that they expected him to make it to the end of, and he really hasn't. I don't think I've seen age has been the problem. He just didn't have a good season, and it happens. We see it from goalies all the time. I don't think he was like slowing down or anything. He just didn't have a very good year for the most of the majority of it. I think their plan has been the same for two years since they signed Marc-Andre Fleury. They look at the Seattle expansion draft and they say every single team has to expose at least one of their two NHL goalies. And we're going to be able to pluck our goalie of the future out of that before Seattle claims one of these guys. And thus, I don't see them going all in on two goalies at this point before the expansion draft. I think they're going to pick up like a Merzlikens or uh, Shesterkin or somebody of that sort that's going to be out yeah. there for nothing. And you, you, you chuck a second round pick at a team instead of them losing the player for, to Seattle for nothing. Do you think there is like an in-house replacement, Oscar Donsk or God forbid, Garrett Sparks? No. The no. Sparks, I don't think, is even going to be on the roster next year. Uh, <laughs> Dansk, I think, is halfway decent. Like, I think he's an okay, could possibly be a backup. I don't see him being a long-term starter. They got two kids that I like. Like, Ferguson, I like a lot, but he's little, and I'm not sure that little goalies are the, the way to go anymore. And then they got this kid, Isaiah Seville. He's Seville, backwards. Yeah. yeah, he's backwards, which confuses me. Catches with the wrong hand, and it, I I can't even watch him play. Nonetheless, <laughs> he's really good, and he went. He's in he's in college right now. He was yeah, like a university fourth or fifth round pick. Yeah, he's a solid. Uh, he's a solid player, and I and he's personality wise, he's got the the it factor that I like in goalies. Hmm. That. I think he's got a chance, but he's probably five, six years away and oh, wow. they need a goalie before that. So 
I think you're going to see them go down the road of probably some sort of young goalie or some sort of, they're going to try to find the next Devin Dubnik where they have their goalie coach who knows more than the rest of the world. And he's done it before. Uh, okay. So with the rest of the UFAs and RFAs, is there anybody on this list like Reeves, Nosek, Merrill, Anglin, Stevenson, Cousins? Uh, is there anyone in your mind that's like must sign or is there anybody that you don't mind leaving? Um, my mind is much different than the Golden Knights mind. So okay. I'll start with that. <laughs> so if it's, if I'm the general manager, Ryan Reeves is not on the roster uh, and was never on the roster and should never have been on the <laughs> roster and get him away from this team for a good. Nonetheless, I am not the general manager. Kelly McCrimmon is the general manager and George McPhee is the real general manager. They think Ryan Reeves is the most important player on the, on the face of the franchise. I don't understand it. They love him. He's going to sign a two-year deal. It's probably going to be overpaid and I'm going to get yelled at on Twitter when it happens. Can't wait. So that's going to be fun. He should not be on the roster. That is going to end up leading to Tomas Noshik probably not being on the roster, which mm. whoop, whoop-de-doo, not that big a deal. He's fine. Somebody will pick him up. He'll be a nice fourth-line center. He's fine. Not the end of the world. Cousins is the one I'm interested in because they're definitely going to re-sign Stevenson. Uh, the defenseman Merrill's probably out of here. Uh, Holden, they already re-signed. There's not much else going on there. Yeah, not a big deal. Whatever. It, it, yeah, he's going to retire. Cousins, I don't know what they're going to do with him because I don't know that they actually have a spot for him, especially with the guys that are pushing forward in the, in their system. Mm. Lucas Elvinus, Jack Dugan, um, the, Jonas Ronbier, who had an entire season without being able to play because he broke his arm in the AHL. They have some options that basically are the future Nick Cousins, but also with a little bit of offensive upside. I don't know what they do with him. Wouldn't shock me if they go like a one-year deal and just have him on the team for a little bit, but I don't see him in the long-term future. Stevenson, though, I think he's your future 2C. Yeah, he was pretty wild. He was very good. He had a and really good stretch. Yeah, like unless they and and he's gonna probably be a guy that they're gonna try to fit into that role when when Stevens or when Stastny's done, and then hopefully Krebs is behind him pushing him, and that's how they they end up filling that role. Unfortunately, they're probably gonna jam glass down our throats for a year or two <laughs> until they figure out that he's not that good. Um, okay, so let's keep going with all these prospects, man. And and you kind of hit the mark with a lot of them topping the list. We already talked about glass and then Lucas Elvin as uh, Jack Dugan, Peyton Krebs is in my mind, like top of the forward core And yeah. then on defense. You got uh, Nicholas Haig, Dylan Coglen and uh, Caden Korzak. Uh, if you could tell us a little bit about what you feel uh, each bring to the table and when they do hit the show and, and Cody Glass, we've touched uh, quite a bit here. So let's go with Peyton Krebs, man. It seems like you think that he's got two C uh, in his future. Yeah, I think he's he's without question the Golden Knights best prospect. And I don't even think it's close. And he's really the only one that I see being a legitimate difference maker in the NHL. He is exactly the current future of what you want as your center. He's going to be a playmaker. He's going to be good defensively. I, he draws. We'll see anybody that can be good in draws and junior, and then they get to the NHL and who the hell knows who, who wins draws in the NHL. But 
this kid's good and he he's going to be real good. I think he's a perfect fit for the organization. I think he's going to be really good. And I just don't know when that's going to be obviously missing an entire season with an Achilles injury is not good or well, he missed like half and then came back. Not good. Then now what happens next year? I don't know. Are they even going to play an AHL season that might get in his way and might slow him down a bit. So might be a little while before you see him, but he's going to be good behind that. I don't think there's much there. Like I'm not nearly as high on Jack Dugan as most people are. Uh, he, I know he was pushing Hobie Baker award, but I think it was one of the worst years in prospects in college. I think I've ever seen. There's not a good player in college in NCAA like at all. And I don't understand how that happened. They all left and went to the playoffs like last season. And now they're all bums. <laughs> Hopefully they get better. Like all, oh, maybe some of the freshmen Caulfield's probably pretty good. And some of the other freshmen were good, but Jack Dugan scoring a point per game, point and a half per game. Like, I don't think he's much more than maybe like a fourth line right winger who, who's kind of more of a gritty type guy, which is weird that he scores all these goals and then he's going to get to the NHL and not do it. But I don't see him doing much. Elvinus is interesting, had a monster year in the AHL. We'll see what happens with him. Like maybe he surprises people. Maybe he end, ends up being an option, but I still think, AHL points don't always translate the, to NHL points. He got a lot of AHL points in the power play, and he was really the only guy that could score on that entire roster when Brandon Peary was on the NHL team. They didn't have another guy to score, and somebody has to score goals, so he ended up collecting a lot of them. I don't know how good he's actually going to be, but fourth-round pick, I don't mind him. Yeah, right. Beyond that, there's nothing in the entire forward core, like nothing going on. Maybe the Russian kid, Dorofeyev. Yeah. he's He looks like he could be something, but God knows when he's coming out of Russia, and he just got traded over there, so we don't know what's going to happen there. So they, they're, I think they're short in forwards, and I think they got to figure out in this next draft. Yeah, go ahead. He didn't really do much in the KHL either, did he? Yeah, he's like 19, though, and he's little. Like, he's frail. Like he's a really thin kid. And so you put him in a professional league playing on a halfway decent team. He was getting not very many minutes. He's not going to do a lot, but he's, he reminds me of David Perron. He, he has this ability to hold on to the puck. That is unbelievable. And he, he doesn't, he won't play defense at all, which is fine. He's Russian. <laughs> you know, you know, how that goes, but yeah, like he, he's got throw this, yeah, he's got this little toe drag shot. That's really dangerous. Got a really good release. He has an awkward shot, which I like. Uh, yeah, he's just, I think that kid's got a chance, but you, you Russians, you don't know when they're going to get here. You don't know if they're ever going to play for the team that drafts them. So I'm not holding my breath on that. So what about, some like the young defenseman. Now, I know you said that you aren't really high on Nicholas Hegg. Uh, you, you cited his skating. What about like Jack White Cloud or, or, or uh, Caden Korzak? Korzak, I think, is the most interesting of the group. Like, I think he's got a chance to be a pretty solid all around defenseman. And I think he's got a little bit of offensive uh, offense to his game, but. I don't think like Zach Whitecloud is probably a 15 year NHLer that nobody ever knows who he is. He'll be on on a team forever, and that team will be like, "Yeah, we love this guy." And then he'll wind up on seven more teams, <laughs> and every single team is like, "Yeah, a solid guy." He's not going to be anything special, but he's going to be in the NHL forever because he's really reliable. He does not make mistakes. He's fairly strong. He's going to be fine. He can kill penalties, but he's never going to be an offensive weapon. Haig is the one that was supposed to be the offensive weapon, but he played 40-something games, 
And it just never showed up. And the skating consistently got to him going backwards. He just cannot turn around fast enough. And teams in the in the regular season aren't going to feast on it as much as they do. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I mean, you wait till he gets in a playoff series. It just doesn't work. They will feast on that, and they will they t- pick you apart. And oh, long term, it's not going to work. Yeah, exactly. They'll just turn his ass around yep. <laughs> over and over and over again. Yep. And I, I just, I maybe it gets better. I don't know. They're they're kids, so like you, he's big too. He's six six. Those guys don't usually get better at skating. So we'll see. And, and, and really, he was a Gallant guy. I spoke to Gallant specifically about him, and he acted like his skating wasn't any problem, and I still don't understand what he was seeing. The second DeBoer got here, Haig was out of there and had barely played a game, and mm. White Cloud took his spot. So maybe he pushes through as like a power play option down the road. Maybe he becomes the next Colin Miller, but whoop de doo he's the next Colin Miller. Other than that, they're, they're short of like high end talent. Like I just don't see a lot of high end talent in the system. And that's not the worst thing because they got a shit ton of high end talent on the ice at the NHL level. So well, they're fine, but they, they had high end talent. They had to trade it all away so they could get like pieces so they could go on this run that, oh, yeah. they, that they have been trying to go on the past couple of years. Yeah. I mean, they that's trade, they trade brands from, yeah. Yeah. They trade brands from for Stone and then they traded Suzuki for Pacioretty. But beyond that, like, and Suzuki's been decent, but Pacioretty's been better. Suzuki, by the way, I love. <laughs> yeah, he's a good player, good player, and and I think say good system. Bad about Nick Suzuki. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what Nick Suzuki would be if he wasn't on the Canadians. Yeah, I mean, there is there's more depth in Vegas, I think, on in center than there is in well, even Montreal. even say he's on even say he's on Philly or Dallas or some somebody who isn't like fuck defense we're only playing offense that's what Montreal has become they do not care and he <laughs> got put into that system and was great good for him and i think he's going to be a point producer he reminds me of Tatar which is who they traded him for hmm. he can point he can put points up i think though that Montreal is moving in the right direction like they're a young yeah, team we'll get there. Mm-hmm. in the like they're on the right trajectory. Yeah. So I think it's actually a good place for him to be because he can grow with those other young players. I actually think Montreal is great for Suzuki. Oh, I think so too. I just I don't know if I don't know how Montreal has aided those points. Because right now if you compare Nick Suzuki to Cody Glass, I think pretty much everybody would be like, oh, yeah, Suzuki for sure. I think they're going to be fairly similar players. It's just one's going to be a lot more offensive. One's going to be a lot more defensive. So what do you got about somebody like Dylan Coglin, man? I can't figure out why in the hell they won't give Dylan Coglin a chance. Like they signed him as an unres- or as a, as a f- undrafted free agent. And he immediately pushed himself from being a nobody to an option in the future. And then over the last two years in the AHL, he's been one of the best defensemen yeah. for the Chicago Wolves. And he's he fighting with like Jimmy Schultz, man. Yeah, like. good player. And like he's putting up all these points. He's right-handed. He's got an unbelievable shot, really strong shot. I don't understand what it is that is keeping him away from the NHL. And I will fully admit, I don't watch enough AHL to say, I know exactly what it is, but when a guy just cannot get a chance, clearly something's wrong. 
I don't know what it is, but clearly there's something missing in his game. I can't figure out and identify what that's going to be, but because he can't seem to get his chance, I don't think he's going to be a long-term option for Vegas. Wouldn't shock me if he goes somewhere else and gets a chance, but I just don't see him in the long-term plans for Vegas. Hmm. Well, I tell you what, man, that's all the questions we got for you. And I look forward to seeing you guys in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the, in the Stanley Cup final. I think. Yeah. That's- I was going to say, hopefully you could drop playoffs off of that yeah, statement yeah. and they can get going. But I, who knows, man? Like that's the thing. You look at every single team and you're like, yeah, that team's got a shot to win. And then, yeah. then you think about it and you're like, I have no idea how any of these guys are going to play. <laughs> yeah. With like the, the exception of like Chicago. I think anybody's got a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Chicago's going to beat Edmonton. You watch. No way. There's no shot. One, of those, one of those two is getting coronavirus. We're throwing out some singers here. One of them two is getting coronavirus, and then they're going to lose. You watch. I'm telling you. Oh, no. I don't wish it upon anybody, but I'm telling you that shit's going to happen. I think Chicago's going to beat Edmonton. McDavid or Dreisaitl. What are you talking about Dreisaitl? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not pointing out anybody specifically. I'm just saying Chicago's going to be there. One of those two players, oh, and we know yeah. what two players you're. Well, you can you can read between the lines, but <laughs> I didn't say I didn't say anybody specifically. I didn't say anybody specifically. We don't want to incriminate you, right? <laughs> yeah, there's enough context. Uh, no, it's funny. I got a um, I got a bet. We got a fantasy hockey Discord. Me and uh, my buddy Rocker. We got a bet. He he t- is taking Chicago in this one, and I'm taking Edmonton. And I think uh, I think the bet was like we have to do um, five shots of of whiskey, or um, uh, you should I, have to do fifteen. Fifteen if if I lose, yeah. yeah and he only has to do five. Yeah, that's he, like the should, handicap. He should be getting nods. Yeah, he should be getting nods for sure. Well, I was gonna up the game and do Pinnacle Whipped. Oh God! Oh Jesus! I was gonna do a Pinnacle Whipped, which is which is just as bad, especially if you're shooting. That's it, not man. good. Yeah. yeah. But we'll see how that happens, man. They're going to win. I'm telling you, Chicago's going to win that series. It's the dumb. It's that's hockey. Something <laughs> dumb is going to happen, and that's the dumbest thing that can happen. So that's what's going to happen. It's like uh, what do they call it? Uh, Murphy's Law, right? Yeah. Well, it's like yeah, the parody. They put this parody. No, it's just hockey's weird. Well, if it does, man, I'll be sure to chirp you on Twitter. There, <laughs> if, if anybody's looking for you, man, they can find you at your. Uh, it, I was I was on your personal Twitter, but it, it redirects you. It says, "Just find yeah, me." Yeah, don't, don't. Yeah. <laughs> so not got- to mention my name. You can't spell my last name, so don't don't even try. Nobody can do it. Well, you guys Fuck can find that. him. Sinbin Vegas. Yeah. Sinbin Vegas. There you go. And check out their podcast if you guys are especially keen on the Las Vegas Golden Knights. If you guys are just looking for something to listen to, for sure, check them out. And thanks for checking us out, Ken. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight, man. It yeah, you fun. got it. Anytime, guys. For being on the show. Yeah. For sure. Sorry, I had so many uh, angry hot takes on this. No, one. no. I mean that fits You're in perfectly with our. I'm all for hot takes. Hot takes Keep and hot cakes, baby. <laughs> now I think Shea Theodore being a Nori Tro- Norris Trophy winner that is that is piping. I don't even think that one's the hot. I don't even think that one's all that hot, to be honest. I don't know. Like I said, we're not we're not in that circle, so I I don't really know. I guess it's just like that, you know, fifty fifty point ceiling that that he kind of showed us this year. I don't really put him in that top tier, especially when you're looking at fantasy stats. You know what I mean? Like you want the, you want the fucking like Roman Yossi or, or Victor Hedman. You want these big guys that are putting up 70 points every year. That's where he's heading. That's where he's headed. All right. Like, like honestly though, just go through, pick the day that they got rid of Gallant, which is like, it's like mid January. 
and look at what this fucking guy did from that moment on. It's ridiculous. And he was, I mean, he's pushing in the playoffs. I bet she plays 27 tonight. Woof. And yeah. like that's that right there alone. That makes you a huge fantasy option. Yeah. It, to me, he's like a, um, I always thought of him as kind of like a Neil Pionk, you know, like just somebody that, that was more of a stopgap, but just listening I think to. He's better than Neil Pionk. Like, for yeah, sure. I think so. Oh my God. For sure. But it just seemed like, you know, it, it was just a stopgap, you know, put him on the top power play because he's the best option we got right now. And I, I figured they were one signing away from, from, you know, getting a real, top power play guy. And that's not to take anything away from Theodore here. It, it sounds like he is a real top power play guy, but uh, I don't know. It was just kind of the vibe that I was bringing home. He had 18 points in 22 games under DeBoer and averaged 23, 16, which was going up when they paused. Yeah. Those are top power play guy numbers. Like so. he's he, and, and he was on a little run there too. Like the, the kid skates, like it's ridiculous how he skates. Yeah, so that's a sixty-four point pace. So that that is not bad, not at all. Yeah, and that's and that's at twenty-two. He's what twenty? <laughs> yeah. He's what twenty? Oh yeah. no, he's twenty-four now. Okay, he's almost. Holy shit, he's almost twenty-five. All right, well, never mind. I should stop calling him young. What the hell happened? <laughs> when did he get so old? I assume one me. of these last two years. Yeah, yeah, right. He's young to us. But I uh, mean, but Brent Burns won the goddamn Norris Trophy. It's not like you have to no. be good at hockey to win the Norris Trophy. Score points, yeah. man. <laughs> you just got to score uh, points. Brent Burns is so bad, man. I can't is, stand that. He, he's is. a forward. He's a forward. He's so bad. God, <laughs> one of these days I'm going to yell at DeBoer about that. <laughs> but it seems like he's kind of he's putting uh, Shea Theodore into that Brent Burns spot too. So he's getting like he's going to get all those opportunities. He's going to be Vegas's Brent Burns. Yeah, but Shea Theodore Shea plays. Theodore, Theodore can defend. Good throwing the puck on net all the more reason the game like Theodore Brent can Burns. also skate backwards he's gonna get those uh Thomas Shabbat numbers man 30 oh, 38 geez. minutes a night yeah I don't Some think he's that. doing that <laughs> yeah I, oh my god Brent Burns is so bad it's <laughs> it's laughable I'm laughing yeah man well I tell you what Ken that's uh that's it brother. so thanks so much again I hope you have yeah, a good night you got it. take care take it easy see ya Later, man. That was fun, man. He's cool. Did I kick you out too by accident? No. Oh, okay. I don't think so. Woo! Yeah, you just got like your background noise is so crisp right now. I love it. But it's that number two, bro. Yeah, number two. Number uh, two. So I was gonna, I was gonna look up what Shea Theodore's numbers were after the board took over, but yeah, sixty-four point pace. Uh, I'm gonna start eating crow now on my Shea Theodore kind of rhetoric, uh, but dude. I, I did not see him being that good, but I guess it's in his wheelhouse, right? We should start making I'm moves. I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to join the fan club. So I'll put it that way. You'll be guilty till proven innocent, type of deal. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just saying. I, I don't know that I see him being a fucking Norris Trophy style guy. I. All you Something gotta do is score it, points, I man. I just don't see. I, I don't know. I'm fucking hammed up. I'm like on my third gin and lemonade now. Good so for I'm you. feeling it. I'm fucking feeling it, man. So it sounds like uh, just picking out some of these sound bites here. Chandler Stevenson will be back. Uh, gonna keep that 2C spot warm until Peyton Krebs is ready to go. Yeah, what else did you take away from this, man? So I kind of took away from it that 
Kent a little kind of anti-hero here. Uh, I, I know so many people, like he said, are just so high on people like Cody Glass and, yeah. and some of these other uh, uh, Nicholas Haig and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And he was all about these other guys, but he backed it up and he was like, this is why I don't think they work. And this is why these people are better options. And that's what I love. Like, he had a very differing opinion than I've heard pretty much across the board. On Cody Glass, like he specifically. Had for it, and, and I loved it. Yeah, man. It was, it was like the first uh, devil's advocate opinion that we got on Cody Glass. Everybody is, like he had said, just so damn high on Cody Glass. And, and I don't think there's any reason not to be, really. But Yeah, I like I, Cody Glass, too. I'm not going to lie. No, just hearing from somebody in house, like you know, maybe he's not all that he's cracked up to be. That is something that uh, you know might warrant a little, like a second look. You know what I mean? But uh, I don't know. It, it's going to be weird. I, I think that Cody Glass versus Nick Suzuki kind of uh, diatribe that he had is going to be fun to watch. Like just watching them two next to each other and and watching their careers progress is going to be fun. I, I never really saw that comparison between the two, but now I guess I kind of might hold them side by side, which would be kind of fun. Uh, as far as the goalies, man, Flurry and Leonard, uh, I mean, Leonard does seem like the guy that would be a better investment, but Flurry obviously is the face of the franchise. He was, you know, Dude, they have a statue of Mark Andre Flurry. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, they, they can't let that with being such a young franchise, they can't let that be like, the first thing that happens with like the changing of the guard, the first time they start, you know what I mean? Rebuilding and, and kind of yeah, change the core. Yeah. Changing their core. They can't let their old core just go out with like no fanfare. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be hard to move away from Mark Andre Fleury unless he decides to leave himself. Well, I'm going to look at uh... be a bad look. Looking at Marc Andre Fleury's cap friendly right now. I want to see how many years he has left. Uh, it's like four or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's on till 22, 23, and he'll be a UFA. So he's got this next season and the season following. So he, okay. he's he's good for two oh, more seasons. A, it was a seven million a year. Yeah. So I mean, uh, even if you you know let him ride off into the sunset or whatever, that's not that big of a deal. It's just like getting Seven somebody isn't that bad. Yeah, and I know it's like he he's one of the most like decorated goalies out there that's like still active and everything and and you definitely want that face on your franchise but somebody like Robin Leonard just it it seems like he kind of has upside and you know as soon as he got out of Buffalo this is kind of just like a, a narrative that that spills over Ryan O'Reilly all these guys that get he's been out so good yeah. He's been so yeah. good and the whole thing is for multiple teams yeah and so for, and for some bad teams well the thing for, was for for bad teams. for Chicago for yeah, yeah fuck yeah for for bad team when when he was playing for <laughs> Long Island like you were kind of like oh that's team. just you know the defensive system is masking it it's just because he's playing for this badass defensive system but it looks like you know he's actually a good goalie and and that was like you said just perfectly described with his play with Chicago like Chicago is not they don't play defense and they're letting up like 50 fucking shots a night so uh, just seeing Flurry or just seeing Leonard being able to do that is is top notch and you know scariest tandem in the league for full fuck sure man 
they are. But I mean, Ken definitely did have a point that, I mean, come playoff time, I, I think it's a good thing to have two goalies yeah. you feel like can win a cup. Um, but he's saying, hey, I, it is true. Most times, your one goalie plays every single game in the playoffs. There was something I I had in mind that I wanted to to run by him. It's somebody like somebody like Mark Andre Fleury, who's thirty five. He has one bad year. Everybody's so quick to assume that like, oh, that's the bottom dropping out. That this is the beginning of the end. You know what I mean? But it it could just be one bad year. But because he's in that thirty five plus kind of range, it's so easy to just say that like you know that it's over. And maybe it was just one bad year. I don't think that it's over. I no, mean, in my no. personal opinion, I don't think that all of a sudden Flurry's just going to be bad. I don't yeah. believe that at all. No, I don't believe it either. And if this round robin is, I think it's like, you know, each team plays the other team once. So if, you know, these four round robin teams, I guess that would be three games. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Vegas to at least get Leonard, uh, one game you know if it was four games two and two would be kind of cool seeing who has like the more who who has better posture going into the playoffs i think would be the best but with three games i could definitely see flurry getting two leonard getting one uh and flurry having that job to lose for sure uh prospects man i think uh we kind of covered that one top to bottom um anything hey, else krebs is the guy krebs is the guy and he's on our team so if anybody out there uh, in our Dynasty League wants to make us an offer on Peyton Krebs, I'm looking at you, Joel. And uh, yeah, man, feel free, <laughs> feel free to hit us up. Um, you know, number one prospect in the Vegas organization, future 2C. We also have Chandler Stevenson, who's going to be the the 2C. So I'm pretty stoked about that. It sounds like he's definitely going to get a contract, which was one of my worries going into next year is just like kind of allocating cap and stuff like that for that. But um I, I agree. I feel like they can't lose him. Yeah, he was he was solid. And, you know, it was on the back of, like, huge, unsustainable numbers. But, you know, if somebody can do that, then you definitely want him on your team. So, I don't know. He's cheap, and I like him on our team. So, definitely want to keep him. But... Anyway, buddy, that is uh, that's going to be it for the episode here. So if you guys want to find us, we are on Twitter at FHF Hockey. If you guys want to join our Discord, you're more than welcome to do so. And we're going to catch you. Uh, it's going to be a weird week. So maybe like, um, yeah, this was kind of like a standalone episode. And then we're going to have Edmonton and Calgary coming up next. And yeah, it's just a little bit of a different format. But 2020 is fucking weird. So here we are. So, Let's do everything weird. Yeah, why not? So anyway, guys, uh, that's it for us, and we love you. Love yous.